Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today here in the studio, my guest is a singer-songwriter from right here in the Tampa Bay area. He plays guitar, keys, and even a little drums. He has released two CDs, he has even done some producing, and he plays over 250 shows a year. He will be playing as part of the upcoming Gasparilla events here in Tampa, as well as the Gasparilla Music Festival, an event whose executive director was interviewed here on Now Hear This Entertainment just a few weeks ago on episode 47. We're also going to talk about some of the big names he's been around. We've been hearing one of his songs called Sunshine. As we come off the excitement of the milestone that was the show's 50th episode, it's my pleasure to start episode one of the second 50 by welcoming Daniel B. Marshall. Aloha. (laughs) Very nice. That's the first one. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate you coming to the studio to do this today. Oh, glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited. Cool. Well, let's start off by giving you a chance to tell the listeners about the song that was just playing, Sunshine, if you would, please. Absolutely. I wrote that with a, a great, uh, another great Floridian, uh, Mr. Jeff Baker. He plays drums with me when in my full band. Um, but Jeff uh, and I got together on the beaches of St. Pete, and we were looking at the Don Cesar, and so we just sat in the sand and just came up with everything we could see. Um, and to this, I just really... It was the most fun I've ever had writing a song because we started with just that guitar riff that starts at the very beginning, and um, it was it's those kind of moments that make me really love writing songs because it it just felt so genuine. Well, I think as a songwriter in Florida, you're uh, required by law to write a song called Sunshine. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Panama City, so it's very yeah. It's just I really wanted to have a bit of an homage to my childhood and all that kind of stuff. So. Well, Daniel, I just mentioned in the intro there, 250 shows a year? Really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I believe it because I see that on Saturday alone, you're doing three shows. So I think I'm supposed to ask you, when do you sleep and how much do your vocal cords and your fingers (laughs) hate you? (laughs) You know, I started when I was 16 in in clubs um, playing, and and I I guess I've learned to space out my wild gigs, my gigs that really push yourself. Um, I have some gigs that are just kind of laid back. You have a guitar. And I, it's definitely a regiment. I mean, you have to treat it like an athlete treats his his um, th- pitching arm or something like that. You have there's a lot of uh, um, you know, moisturizing sprays, lots of water. Uh, I don't get to drink nearly as much beer as I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a good analogy, though the, the the baseball pitcher. And and you know we've talked on on a handful of episodes of the show that about hydration and some of the things that you do actually need to know 
to take care of your body because you know your voice is an instrument and all these things that do have to hold up with you know with the kind of schedule that you're keeping that you're alluding to yeah definitely i mean um the moment that i don't get any sleep or the moment that um you know i have a, a really intense gig every saturday night um and so when we do that you know it's till two in the morning and we're singing at the top of our lungs um and so i take a few days off after that to try to uh to, I try to make sure to space out. If I'm going to do something like that, I try to take some days to give myself rest afterwards and get good sleep and that sort of thing. So. I wonder when and how you learned that lesson. Did you learn it the hard way or did it just come with age or did someone actually kind of give you this kind of, you know, voice and music 101 where they say, hey, you know, you're going to be screaming till one in the morning, two in the morning, so <laughs> take time off? Or how, how did that come to be for you? Well, I studied classical voice at USF for two years. Um, I didn't finish, but I in the training that I, while I was there was uh, the best. You know, my teacher, uh, Netta Monroe, was fantastic. And so she went over a lot of these things. She had sung in the studio with um, some big names, and so she said, you know, gave me some good pointers and some um, diagrams about how the sinuses work and that sort of thing. And I guess once you learn the basics... Um, it's mainly a matter of just maintaining and taking care and, and definitely just learning to sing properly, you know, sitting up straight if you're on a bar stool or standing up straight, not slumping over. I mean, those things matter. It does in the long haul. We're, we're throwing this number around, um, you know, of 250, but, but for your peers who are listening that are saying, you know, dejectedly, I'm playing a fraction of that a year. Are, are you able to do that many because you have the time to or because you're just a hard worker in terms of getting bookings or or is it because of your drive to succeed and make this your career or or you have great connections you get lots of repeat bookings what what what's the story here i have since i was 18 i've started playing in clubs and i have always um i have a hard time when someone asks me to play saying no um and that's a good thing and a bad thing and i've learned how to maintain that because um i've learned i have learned to say no now and try i try to do more shows that i know i'll enjoy because when i enjoy it then the audience enjoys it um but i will say this that as you i I as a musician i think the more you play out the more offers come in um if if you're doing a good job and you're enjoying the interaction with people and they're enjoying it back you you seem to get more and more offers so at this point it's just been fielding offers i've been playing in tampa for uh, the last nine years and so you you know you have one club and someone sees you there and says hey come play at our club and um so i've been doing it for quite some time and i think that that's why i'm able to do it uh for me though i've always wanted to i've always been a full-time musician i i I lived in Nashville for a little while, and I was a waiter for one year. I remember on my tax return it said, you know, waiter, and that just didn't sit well with me. <laughs> so I moved back to Tampa, and it's been great ever since. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm interested when you talk about the the, the offers and, and, and people seeing you because you're, you say you have a hard time saying no, and although I, I understand that you are able to say it sometimes, what bothers me is people that approach me about my clients and say, you know, can he or she come and perform at this event? Uh, and right away they, they drop the nonprofit card on you and say, you know, we don't have a budget, but it's great exposure. And that's when I say, look, 
You know, and then you just said you're a full-time musician, and I try to explain to people that, look, this is how they pay their electric bill. This is how they pay their cell phone bill. And exposure, you can't call the electric company or the cable company and say, I got some good exposure last week. Uh, are, you know, are you still facing that after after nine years of playing in Tampa and as somebody who plays 250 shows where, and sometimes to their defense, people just don't know any better. But are you still getting people who are coming to you and asking you to play for free? And if so, how, you know, how do you politely handle those? Well, I love I believe I believe in the power of music and I do believe that there are things with music that can change people's lives therefore um my question is who is it for um money is not the drive never has been um it's more of a necessity that I have to do but you know I work with a great company called Instruments of Change um I love doing whatever I can for them I mean, but they help impact the kids lives they help um you know raise up people who are who want to learn an instrument i mean i can get behind that uh, i i'm gonna there was a, an organization that um asked me to play for free one time and i looked it up and uh, there was this minuscule profit that was going to charities and the rest of it was really for like sh- like buying a bunch of uh, shoes and it was just a bunch of girls getting together to gab and <laughs> it really ticked me off that they asked me to play for free so i said no way am i gonna do it because just because you've attached that so i i guess for me it's it just takes a little research into what are they doing and can, if but i do believe that hey sometimes you it's not about money sometimes it is show up and play and and um if it's a great thing, but you ju- you just have to look in the mirror and say, can I support this? Just like you would any charity that you'd give your money to. Well, not to mention, and, and that's that's actually a really good segue, You know, over my years of being in the music business, I've not only preached to clients and to potential clients you know, that you never know who might be there, and I've actually got stories to back that up by this point in my career. Playing as much as you have and as you do, I'm sure you can testify to that personally. You know, Can, can you give... The listeners, you know, one story of someone being at one of your performances that turned into something else. Oh my gosh, so many times. Um, I, I'm I'm struggling to find that that exact one. To, to I'm going to buy you some time to think about it, but it, but the point <laughs> is that you know that's that's one of the reasons why sometimes you will take on one of these non-paying gigs, like you said, if it's a charity that you kind of believe in. It's not Vince Vaughn standing on the street corner and Fred Claus making up people help the people. You know, he's trying to get the Salvation people, Salvation Army people out of the way. He's trying to make up his own. It's like, come on, I looked this up. This isn't real. A great example, I guess, would be the um, the the girls that um, run the front office for Gasparilla. The reason I've been involved with them for the last five years was because I was playing at a club and they would come and I didn't know this, but they called me one day and said, we love hearing your music. We love coming and watch wow. you play. Would you want to come do Gasparilla? And every single year now it's been my favorite gig. I look forward to it. You know, to, to We get to be on this huge stage and we get to kind of be rock stars for, for a night and um, that wouldn't happen if I weren't out and about and playing so you know I, i've always said i think musicians should realize that every opportunity it, it's all an opportunity 
Um, you do have to take care of business, of course, but at the same token, it's 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 just great to share your music with people. And you, sh- I feel like I feel honored now. You know, more so than ever, I feel so grateful that people would want to listen to my music, considering how much of it is out there and how many people are out there making it. Yeah, and and I'm glad you said you know that it is an opportunity. I was doing some work earlier today, looking back at some past episodes, and and I saw the the script from the show where where my Bruce's bonus segment was about five benefits of playing a show and none of those five were getting paid so you know you're right before you're so quick to say no to something and granted I understand that the non payers you know it is important to realize that it's it's an opportunity that you know goes at least five deep you know, and, and, and I'm glad you're able to give that testimony that you had no idea that they were there and look at what it turned into. Absolutely. And and they've become friends since then. I, I mean, now we have all have each other's cell phone numbers. And, you know, it, it's just funny how these things all lead together. Um, they even recommended me for a thing. I actually got picked to be part of this TV show. It ended up not getting picked up by the network, but it was still because of them. This you know it's just funny three and three and fourfold times sometimes from just one person hearing you so I do believe in that very much well not to mention that even though you said it didn't get picked up by the network that was still a good experience for you to go through just so that when something like that does come up again you're going to have that to fall back on and say okay at least I've been through this once doesn't matter that it didn't get picked up I've you know physically gone through the paces absolutely yeah. Uh, you hear music fans wonder how these superstars can go on tour and do 250 shows a year, but not get sick of, you know, some of, some of their own songs doing the same set list night after night after night. What's your approach to to not getting sick of performing the same songs all the time? Being that you're playing so much too. <laughs> oh wow! And and mine. Um, I mean, we get luckily I get to mix in a lot of different covers and things like that, which I do believe any artist should do. I think there's an art to learning someone else's song and putting your own spin on it and that sort of thing. Um, so lots of knowing as many covers as you can because I feel like that helps to supplement night after night what you're doing. Um, and I look forward when my songs come around. I look forward to sharing them. You know, I'm not anyone big like that, so I, I can't relate to everyone asking for the same three songs over and over and over. However. I can't help but feeling like when I see Keith Urban play somebody like you or James Taylor sing Fire and Rain, I can't help but feel like there's still some sort of pride and happiness they get from knowing what it's done for other people. Be outside of... So I, just from what I've seen, it seems to me that that would not get old because my own music... I enjoy playing it for people. I have I, no point have I ever said, "Man, I don't want to. I don't want to play my music." <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, talking about the the cover songs to draw upon again, just kind of the stars are aligning here as we're talking. I remember that there was a Bruce's Bonus segment on another show where I talked about you know people that like to bring iPads or a music stand or whatever it is up on stage where where do you come down on that argument as far as you know musicians having a tablet or something with them do you is it is it look bruce if i'm going to draw upon that many songs i got to have something to refer to or is it i'm a full-time musician i got plenty of stuff you know that's all memorized i mean i can do either or um i have shows that i play if we're doing a, a performance with my original tunes mostly 
and and not many covers. Um, I probably won't use it, but I use my iPad for all sorts of things, not just for lyrics. I mean, lyrics are a small part of it. Um, I love the fact when someone asks, hey, can you play this song at a club? I may not know it that great, but I can pull up the lyrics and I can try it for them. And it makes them happy. And it makes everyone happy, you know? Um, On the flip side, I do love a good performance where you get to just do your thing. uh, Where you've got your band rehearsed. Where you've got the songs you've written and you're just, you know, letting it go. But we use my iPad not only for myself, but sometimes, like, when we do those shows, we send it to the back and my... um, my drummer's running auxiliary loops behind us as we're playing. You know, they don't. They, we're playing all of the parts, but the extra little tambourines and things that we don't have extra hands for. You know, we we play over the tops of those things. We try to keep it minimal, but it, it it's amazing what technology can do. Some people want to fight it. That's fine. I I, res- I guess I can respect all of that. I, I had a guitar player, a friend of mine, great guitar player, who said, "I don't own any pedals." He said, "I don't do pedals." He's, wow. I mean, he's a straight into the, you know, wow. straight into the amp kind of guy, and he rocks it. I mean, he <laughs> totally makes it work. So, I guess music at the end of the day is just assembling your tools and saying, "What kind of a musician are you? Are you a purist? Are you? I mean, me? I'm everything in the kitchen sink. Give, give me all the new tools. I like to play with them." <laughs> yeah, that's that's the funny thing is now you can do so many things with these <clears throat> devices that sometimes. It might be a misunderstanding on the on the part of the crowd. For instance, on episode eight, Dominic Pages was the guest, and you know plays in a band, but yet will mix will mix his band from the iPad. And so, whereas Absolutely. people might think that you know what's what's attached to the microphone stand is him looking at the chords or the lyrics or whatever. In fact, he's playing and mixing the guys around yeah. him at the same time. So, you know, I play in. Uh, I have an I am I have an MPC app, which is a sampler pad and basically i've sampled in my own drum sounds and i play um sometimes I, every now and then i want a beat to play over you know i don't just want to just strum a guitar so i'll do that and then loop it at my feet i mean that's so true there's this complete misunderstanding about what you can do you can run light shows off of your off of your ipad you can run these massive light shows as you're singing i mean it's just amazing you know so um it, I, I like I like all the technology personally. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today here in the studio is singer songwriter Daniel B. Marshall. Visit his official website at www.danielbmarshall.com, and through whatever device you're listening to the show on, you'll see the spelling of his last name on this episode. So uh, be sure to refer to that so you can check out his website. He is also on social media, too. Of course, on his website, there are icons to click on to link over to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and, yes, even MySpace. And, of course, purchase his music. He has two CDs available. You can purchase them through his website or on cdbaby.com. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't even have to go looking for it. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast. We're up to episode 51, so what have you learned from it so far? Which episode did you like the best? Or maybe even, what is your favorite part of the show? Post all of that on the Facebook page that I just mentioned or send an email 
The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. Um, mentioning the social media, Daniel, you uh, you and I were talking before we started off the air about your approach to, to Twitter. I'd, I'd love to, to kind of recreate that conversation for the listeners. Um, I was very interested to hear, you know, kind of your opinion and the way you choose to use it. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I always try to really carefully uh, toe the line of watching myself to make sure I'm not getting super old and just, you know, out of touch with everybody. But at the same token, I have this, I just have this deep rooted feeling that there's a phase going on now where everyone is obsessed with all of these little programs. And, and, and it is a phase because you can only be pulled so many directions before you just don't have time to take care of it all. And I, it seems like there's just so many programs that it's impossible to keep up with. You know, I, the first thing I do whenever I hear of a new service, I try to sign up my name and make sure I have an account. And I think people will see as if they, if they really go around, they'll find I'm not active on all of them. It's impossible to be. Um, but I do love Twitter. I always, I have because I've always viewed it as kind of like a songwriter. It's, it's like a, you can write a beautiful long essay in college. Um, but, it's the difference between an essay and then a, and then a song. You know, a song is uh, concise. It's quick. It's put together, packaged really small. Well, I, I kind of view the same with Facebook and Twitter. I love that Twitter mm-hmm. is this small, packaged thing that and you get to say. Said. Um, but I, so I love being able to talk to people and communicate my thoughts. Um, at the same token, I, I'm not obsessed with the likes, retweets. I, I don't. I've almost just kind of forgotten about that because to me, I just I don't like to post anything if I don't have something to say, something of quality. I I have so many people that are friends of mine that I've kind of just unlistened to their conversations because, like, I've I've taken them off my feed because I want people who are actively saying things that are challenging and fun and and funny, you know. I, some of my favorite musicians' Twitter feeds are John uh, Mayer, uh, Clay Cook. His is hysterical. Um, and and I, I love that because it's real. They're not, they're not constantly promoting shows. They're not, you know, there's, I know that you probably share my sentiment in that I can't stand to get bombarded 10 times with the same show in one day. I mean, your your entire Twitter feed is filled up with one person saying, I got a show, I got a show, I got a show. We get it. You know, if, if we wanted to be at the show on the first one, we would have said, oh, you know, and, and maybe the occasional one, that's great. I think it's the occasional one to let people know what you're doing is awesome. Uh, that's why I'm here on the podcast, to let them know that I'll be playing out at, uh, you know, the Gasparilla um, Festival and all of that kind of stuff. But the same token, I believe that we need to be people. We need to be, we need to try to only use the words that need to be said, not just spit firing whatever happens you know i don't need to know what you ate for breakfast I don't. <laughs> I don't. well i think the key is when something new comes out just kind of always have like a 14 year old on call that you can say how, how do i do this how, that's a, how that's does this one work best idea yeah. i've ever heard actually but you know it, it does amaze me I, I often wonder where people get the time you know because you go to an artist's website and they say follow me on and they've got facebook twitter myspace youtube instagram 
Tumblr, Pinterest is like, where do you get the time to to fill up all these things? It yeah, it it, it just amazes me. Um, anyhow, you uh, you played guitar for Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. How, uh, how did how did that come about? And and then you know also just kind of tell the listeners about that whole experience. Absolutely, that was that was um, that's how I kind of got my career kicked off. I was in college. I knew I was leaving college because I knew I didn't want to be a, a classical voice student anymore. And then we got a call. Um, I was in a band. I had a band playing for me, but we were called the Daniel B. Marshall Band at the time. And our bass player, uh, who's still one of my best friends, we just had dinner the other night. Um, she uh, called me and said, she said, you're not going to believe it. I, had to, I got this random call. Nick Carter is leaving the Backstreet Boys. And at the time, they're very, very, very big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she said, he's leaving the Backstreet Boys, and he wants to start a band and go on the road as a solo artist. So, And at first, I said, well, that... And it really, they weren't my brand of music at all growing up. I was way more into R&B and... So I said, uh, okay. What, what was her connection to him? Her father uh, is a great um, talent right here in Tampa Bay, uh, Mason Dixon. Oh, yeah. It's her yeah. father. And he helped Backstreet Boys really get off the ground, actually, in a lot of ways. He helped them get their first breaks with radio in the in the area. And so she grew up knowing him. And so, anyways, we got the gig. Um and I had no idea what we were in for. We went it was the wildest six months of my life. We went <laughs> to um, Japan. We went to Germany. We went to wow. London. We wow. went to, um, and we were playing. It, it, it's funny you asked about the the monotony of playing. We played the same two songs <laughs> everywhere we played. And that's what we did for for six months. We played two songs. Wow. I remember we rehearsed for three days, three or four days straight, and I mean three to four full days in a studio playing those songs just doing those two songs those two over and over and over. wow and i was just dead by the end of it but we we could play those things blind <laughs> sure. um, you still could play it now <laughs> I'm, i guarantee i could it's ingrained but um so that was pretty wild and it and it ended as spectacularly as it began i mean you know it was just one day it was a phone call hey we're you know we're not doing we're not this doing anymore. this anymore and i mean it was unbelievable how quickly it was over um at the time i was oh, i was so torn i was 20 years old so i was just torn so many ways of you know we'd just been on regis and kelly we'd been wow. on trl wow. um <laughs> and then you just go from that back to reality and back to sitting on the beach looking at the don cesar going uh, uh well i moved <laughs> what in, am i doing next yeah i moved to nashville at that point in my life i spent the next five years in nashville and uh and i, I played for another country artist i did get to tour the u.s with her but I, I realized that i was missing something and that actually when i moved back to tampa that was my i realized that i was missing me i was missing I loved playing for them, but I was missing doing my own music, mm. my own thing. Um, and now it's come full circle because I rather enjoyed playing for other acts. You know, I, 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 I love playing on other people's records and things like that. I'm producing my friend Kiko right now. And I, I enjoy that, um, that challenge of s- serving someone else. But at the same token... I could never let it replace what I do. I could never say, okay, I'm going to give up what I'm doing and just play for someone else because 
I I miss too much being the art be, being the creator, if I should mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. instead of copying parts and that sort of thing. But you know, I would argue that going out and playing as you did with Nick Carter, that that was an opportunity, not only in the sense of exactly what it sounds like, a chance to go out and do what you just described, but it was an opportunity to go out and learn that lesson and have it finish and say, eh, you know what, I, I kind of, I don't know, I miss just being Daniel B. Marshall solo guy. You know, so that so you were benef- you know that that was very beneficial to you at such a young age to to get that lesson so soon instead of being forty instead of twenty, saying you know this this has really been a waste these last twenty years. So that's 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 very fascinating. There's been a lot of um, I definitely have realized that the the biggest the biggest added thing that I learned from it and it was so unexpected was number one as I realized how. Gr- ungrateful I was at the time. Unf- you know, I was twenty, and now I've realized how much more grateful I should have been because it was such an opportunity. And um, I also learned that as as you get older, to realize that that stuff is so fleeting. It's not. Th- there's so many people saying, "Oh, we got to be on TV. We got to be this. We got to be." And it's the saddest part because I've realized that that's not what makes music great and that's not what's going to make you happy because i actually did it and it was some of the more miserable times we were on tv in the big picture it truly is 15 minutes of fame it's so i mean we would do a tv show and you're playing but you're in a box i mean we're in a we're in rooms smaller than this and we're playing and then it goes it's broadcasted out to all these millions of people but the experience itself was was kind of uh, a letdown, hmm. and I guess that that's what I've learned that the the music industry is so much of these smoke and mirrors, and that's why you got to find that inner that inner piece of I like what I do, because then when you share it, you feel good. You feel good about what you're sharing, not uh, trying to make it per se. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, is make sure you have contact information somewhere online. Make it easy to find and have it in more than one place, meaning not just on your website. Put it on social media too, such as the About tab of your Facebook music page. I'm amazed when I look at potential podcast guests and can't find an email address. You could be missing out on opportunities because people can't find an easy way of getting a hold of you. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Well, and I'm sure there are people that are listening to this episode because they follow you and, and they, you know, they have enjoyed your music and keep up with your career. But for the people that are just being introduced to you because they listen to my show or they found this episode through whatever means they did, you know, I think that's that what I'm about to say is is further testimony to what you said in terms of the type of actual person that you are because. As far as Nick Carter, the the list doesn't end there of of notable names that you've been exposed to. A lot of artists in your position like to use the expression that they shared the stage with 
insert big name here, which could almost imply that they did a duo together. You know, for God's sakes, it, you know, in fact, it's, it's usually that they opened up for them, which, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, is, in my opinion, certainly an, an, accomplishment, an accomplishment to promote. But I like that you're honest enough to be straightforward and let people know that you, quote, performed on the same bill, end quote, as Phil Vassar, Gwen Stefani, Nora Jones, Kid Rock, Celine Dion, Leanne Rimes, and more. Bro, those, those are some, some, some big names right there. Now, even if you didn't hobnob with them or play guitar for them, I still got to believe that you learned a lot from all those experiences. Definitely. Um, there was a lot of cool backstage moments. Um, my favorite by far was um, a moment with me and Celine Dion. And she was the headliner. I was playing with Nick Carter. And I had this just random moment that she's usually she's surrounded by cameras over she goes and i had this one moment where it was me and her on the side of the stage and she looks at me and i i I was so blown away by how seriously talented the woman is on stage she was just i mean murdering it with her voice just it was so unreal how good she was and then she so i i said i love your music and she blew me a kiss and walks on the stage and it was just flooring i mean it was i know that sounds weird celine dion but it was uh it's it, moments like that that i still reflect back and i go did that happen <laughs> that, that just doesn't sound like that happened <laughs> but you know i'm saying though that i admire that about you you know that You've, you just sat there and, and, and talked about some of these experiences and the realizations that you came to. And to be someone that says, look, I'm not going to fool people. I'm going to say I played where I was on the same bill Absolutely. as these other people. But I'm not going to sit here and try to fool people into thinking that I played with Phil Vassar or I played with Leanne Rimes no. or I performed with them. I, I admire that about you because Absolutely. so many people are quick to say. And, and you know, this is coming from a guy yeah. who's a publicist, who's a promoter, you know, and, 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 I, and I would get as close to that line as I can <laughs> for my clients or even my company. But I admire your honesty to let well, people know this is who I am and this is what I've done. The... The part of that about it that I've realized is at one point, I remember I cut all of that out of my bio completely. I was like, you know what? People hate this. They don't want to hear. And that's true. Name dropping is, is it, you know what? It, 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 it's not honest because honesty is uh, you had these cool moments, but you, don't, but, you don't have, but you still have to stand on your own two feet as a musician and say, um, this is what I got. This is what I do. Not, I'm trying to piggyback on other people's things, you know? Um, that said, I actually added more stuff back into the bio because people have told me, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So then it, it was like, well, how do you... And it's tough. It's tough. How do you, how do you say, this is my story without sounding like you're bragging or sounding like you did more than you actually did. Because that's the thing. I don't want people to think I actually... um, I don't want them to think that me and Celine get on the phone and talk (laughs) to each other. I don't want them to think that Michael Buble is like... I don't want them thinking that. I don't. I just had a moment with them and I got to share what I did. I played guitar with Nick. And I got to have these cool backstage moments, and that's where we left it, you know. And, and Michael Bublé is not in your speed dial, but only because you took him off. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I embarrassed myself in front. You know, of him, I, I'm I'm glad though that we're having this conversation because you know there there is uh, a debate to be had about 
you know, I, f- I feel that it helps, you know, give some credibility if you have that background to say about an artist that he did play on the same bill with XYZ. I- I'm thinking of episode 43 with Laura Wisdom. You know, she had some people on her resume uh, that-, that I was referring to, and she was on an- honest enough to say on that episode, oh, that was so long ago. You know, so a guest can sit there and keep their mouth shut and say, hey, if Bruce wants to position me to his listeners as though, you know, I'm BFFs with these artists and that I am, you know, calling them whenever I feel like it, you know, go ahead. So, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a topic that needs to be addressed, but person by person, because you're right, at the end of the day, people say, this is a really nice resume you have, but let me hear you play. Absolutely. You know, or, let me, or let me see the songs that you've written. You know, and and that's what they're really going to make their final judgment on, not yeah. not the you know not the backstory. Absolutely, that is the final thing. Is well, what are you bringing to the table? Not just what's the backstory, because you know there are those moments, and I never doubt people. At this point, I let people tell their story how they want, because you have to sort of let people know. I mean, I have so many moments that actually aren't on the bio that are in my head. Um, if someone asked me, I would tell them, you know, but at the same token, there's certain moments I say to myself, I don't want to share everything. It's just, I know what I've done. And, it, and not that it even, just because you meet someone who's a big musician, who's a famous person, that doesn't matter. You know, those things are more, it's cool and it's enjoyable for yourself. But I don't think, what I've learned is these they're just people. They're just yeah. normal yeah. people. Um and if, just like all people, they're all different. And I can't, you know, when people say, oh, is so-and-so nice? I'm like, I don't know. I met him. <laughs> you know, and some, some people I can attest. I can say, hey, Little Big Town. Yeah, nice group. I But I know that because I've sat and had dinner with them. And actually, you know, we've had these moments where we got to talk. And I can attest that's a nice group. But just because I shook someone's hand, are they nice? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, we're this far in, into the show, and yet only now um, can, can we kind of turn in a little slightly different direction, because I mentioned in the intro that you actually do some producing, too. I have always produced my own albums, and um, and I've wanted more and more to get into producing other people. Uh, it's hard to sell yourself as an artist, as a producer, you know, when you've been doing artistry for so long, it's hard to sell yourself to someone and say, "Hey, I I can do this." But I got so used to producing my own albums um, that I, my buddy uh, uh, Kiko he is putting out these albums, and um, and luckily he also happens to have a great job, so he is able to fund a great record. Um, so we called up some great musicians I knew in Nashville, and I actually played on it as well. And we um, we've we've done two records now together, where I've gotten to really not just produce, but produce uh, in a great environment where I'm actually in a proper studio with a, a great engineer and the you know really great musicians, and uh, I've really enjoyed that. And now a lot of times I'll take that back to my house and i'll actually add the keyboard parts later i'll add the you know the bells and whistles and 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 do lots of edits it's um but but i do enjoy that a lot i enjoy taking someone and making it into the best version of them that i can that i can make you know um and i'm hoping that that is going to be something in the future i found that that i enjoy that service to people I, i i enjoy 
helping someone who doesn't know how to do it, you know, I, I understand not everyone has a, a mindset uh, like you guys, you know, and all this beautiful gear in here mm. to put it all together. So I, I want to try to help people who who don't know how to do that. I want to help them. Well, uh, you know, I, I you mentioned that you lived in Nashville for five years. I, I want the listeners to understand, though, that even though you are based here in Tampa, that you still, you know, to spend some time and, and you awesome. actually just ha- you got some new songs that that came v- through Nashville. We did. Um, we got in the studio uh, last year, and uh, last year I got actually got married. So they've been sort of put on hold because I don't know if you've ever got married before, but it's, <laughs> it takes a lot of time. So I have this. I'm actually doing some post editing now and packaging them. But I, I we went and recorded um, uh, three or four. Uh, excuse me, uh, two or three EPs worth of you know basically about fourteen or fifteen songs in Nashville with uh, the little big town band, the bass player, drummer. Actually, the drummer just moved to Keith Urban's band now. Um, and then my friend uh, Danny Rader from who produced Sunshine for me, he also played on it. Um, and it was really great. It was, I'm, I feel like I, I'm finally, I'm so happy to finally be making the music, uh, and hearing it back through the speakers the way that, it, you know, that I always envisioned it. And it's, it's just great to finally hit that stretch where it, there's no more, um, there's no more, you know, wizard behind the curtain as to how to make a great recording. It really is, uh, accessible, to people and that and without a label i mean if you save your pennies up you too can go do it you just gotta know who to call (laughs) so i think i saw in my research for the show that you got married i think it was late last year yep um so how many new songs are going to be inspired by that or or have already been (laughs) well we already got two we do uh i sang one at the i I wrote two right before the wedding and i and i didn't do it because we were getting married, um, the, the the funny part is everyone asked me, are you going to sing a song at the wedding? And I said, no, 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 I'm just going to get married. That's all I wanted to do. But a week before I was getting married, uh, I don't know, inspiration hit. I had that moment, those moments where you just, you, you have to write something. And I actually wrote two songs. And um, so I, was, I played one for... Uh, my wife uh, at the wedding and it, it was hard to get I choked up on one little part but we made it through <laughs> and so those two are definitely going to be getting recorded very um, soon We're my plan is to add those on and again add those to the full compilation and maybe we're going to split it I think we're going to split up the, the albums into two extended EPs you know seven or eight songs and try to get, I will definitely have it, at the very least the first one available at some point this year awesome I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today here in the studio is singer-songwriter Daniel B. Marshall. Visit his official website at www.danielbmarshall.com. As I said before, through whatever device you're listening to the show on, you'll see the name of this episode and thus the proper spelling of his last name. He is on social media, too, of course, as we mentioned. On his website, there are icons to click on to link over to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and I'll say it because it's there, even MySpace. And, of course, purchase his music. He has two CDs available. You can purchase them through his website or on cdbaby.com. And by all means, 
follow him as well to find out where and when he will be playing so you can go see him perform in person. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R for the spelling challenged in the audience. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast. Tell others about it too. Subscribing is free. It makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically for you when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast. As I suggested earlier, what you've learned from it, which episode you liked the best, maybe what is your favorite part of the show. Post all of that on the Facebook page that I just mentioned or send an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. Daniel, this interview that we're doing here today is nothing new to you in the sense that you have gotten some some media coverage in your day too, uh, radio, newspaper. We've done a f- quite a few interviews and uh, some on-air performances and things like that, yeah. Uh, we're still in January, which means I can still get away with asking this question. You just started to talk about the new, the new music, but, but what is the plan for, for 2015? 2015, I... I- Cannot, I mean, I am so excited um, because 2014 was getting married. That was so. Um, we're going to start doing a lot more trips to Nashville to do some more showcases. Um, I love showcasing. I love it. It's, it's your moment to show Nashville and the industry what you've got. So that's kind of the, a big part of it is we're going to start doing some more of that. Also, I'm so excited about doing the Gasparilla Music Festival this year. Um, I'm a late addition, so I'm not on the website yet, but it will. I promise you it will be there. Uh, we're going to be there on, on the Sunday of the Gasparilla Festival. Uh, in addition to this, this Friday, I'm um, going to be... Uh, you know, opening for the Commodores. So that's Which is exciting. exceptionally cool. Yeah. I love the Commodores. Lady was probably one of the greatest tracks ever. So that's and, and Brick House, I mean. <laughs> but uh, we're, so we're, we're doing that Curtis Hickson at six o'clock this Friday. Um, and so we hope that, you know, people come see our set before, before they see the show. And I'm just so excited about this year, finishing the EPs and sharing some of this stuff that was, uh, it's been delayed getting it out to the public, um, and I really hope that people will listen to it and um, hopefully hear something that's uh, you know something that's really uh, some of these songs have really been on my heart, and I just want people to to realize that there are still so many musicians out there putting their heart and soul into the recordings, putting their heart and soul into the songs, and it's not commercial it's not there are there is a commercial element out there but there's so many great musicians even just here in tampa bay putting out great music and i hope you'd support not not only my own but other people's as well you well know? it's like you said before that you know again the, the nick carter experience um you know of, of finding out who you wanted to be and i and i sense that in your voice that that's why you want to go do these nashville showcases so that you can go there and you can be daniel b marshall Absolutely. you're not going there to play for someone else you, you know you can probably do some songwriting and that's fine but when it's showcase time Guess what, Nashville? This is Daniel B. Marshall. So that's so that's awesome. I, I'm I'm excited for you to hear that. And again, I want to remind the listeners: if you're here in this area, there's a difference. 
Daniel is referring to this Friday, he will be opening for the Commodores as part of kind of the Gasparilla events that are going on this weekend. But then do look for him in March. That's when the Gasparilla Music Festival is that we had Ty Rodriguez on on episode 47 talking about that event. So look for him then also. I mean, hopefully you have the opportunity to go and see him uh, both times. But if you're listening to this episode here in this area and uh, Friday has come and gone, then uh, certainly look out for him uh, come March when when that event comes up. Um, you, you mentioned this name before, Daniel, and, and you have no problem publicly professing your great admiration for James Taylor, who, of course, is awesome, hmm. by the way. Uh, maybe just a little surprising, though, since in some circles your music is billed as rock, and I don't see James Taylor as being in that category. Is it is it that he has you know, influenced your songwriting, or you just dig his sound, or what? Well, he was the first song I ever learned. I mean, he and, and at one point, I mean, I had put... I remember I, as I was leaving Nashville, I had to... I couldn't... I, I, to finding myself again, I remember lo- listening to his music and saying, how did I forget how great folk music is? I mean, there was this part of me, I just had forgotten just how wonderful those songs were. I guess it's the songwriting and his testament in his whole life that has just impressed me because he has made a career out of being himself and it's pretty rare to be as successful and it's even he'll say it on the stage but it always reminds me when i watch him play and sing that great melodies great guitar great musicianship and great songs are all you need to touch people and to communicate with people um, and when you forget that, when you start thinking it's about Twitter and it's about the marketing, it's about that it's it's so backwards because I'm not saying that that doesn't work and succeed as far as publicity goes. I'm saying that that still has never marketing has never moved me emotionally. Marketing has never moved me to want to sing along. It's only because it's a great song and a great. Uh, you know, a great singer and a great band behind it. Yeah, the marketing will get you to a place, but then as we've said, the song has got to be there. You know, the marketing may be over the top and it and it does its job and it gets you there, but if the song is just so-so, you know, it's written poorly or just, you know, it's just kind of there, then you're going to say, well, you know, somebody turned on the hype machine for something that really doesn't deserve it. And it happens a lot, unfortunately, but, and it sometimes works, you know, sometimes you throw enough money at something and then, hey, (laughs) but that can't be what we base our successes and our happiness on. It can't be. If, If it is what does it for you, then I guess we're just speaking a different language. Well, and, uh, by the way, I, I, uh, admire you for, um, for good for good taste because I'm a big James Taylor fan you know going back a number of years and 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 you make a good point because I have not only have I gone and seen him live but I have you know a live concert DVD of his and you know he'll have a very nice looking stage you know with some nice lights and maybe one or two little you know backdrops but you know there's no orchestra there's no light show there's no dancers it's just hey how you doing guys uh, I'm James Taylor and Here's my music. Uh, it's a song called Fire and Rain. You know, it's like, hey, this is what I got, you know. Hopefully y'all like it. And it's like, wow, this guy's just, you know, you feel like you can sit down with him after the show and be like, so what's up? <laughs> what's going on these Absolutely days? Absolutely, you, know? you can. Yeah. He, I mean, I, it's just inspiring to see that still exists. Uh, Amos Lee's another one of my just, I mean, 
all-time favorites. I, I think the guy's amazing. Does he sell packed-out arenas? No. He plays small theaters, and you know. Um, but we followed him. Not only we saw him here in Tampa, but we followed him to Savannah, Georgia, to watch him again. You know, to me, that's that's what moves me is great music like that. We're going to close out today with another song of yours called "All of the Things." Uh, what, what can you tell us about this song? I've been playing this song a long time, and I'm glad to see it finally got recorded. We had uh, Keith Urban's drummer. Um, um, Chris McHugh on it, which was a huge deal for me to have him play. But this song was a true story I wrote when I moved back to Tampa, and a girl had really broken my heart, um, and I learned so much from it, and to this day, it's just still one of my favorites. So I hope you like it. It's called All of the Things. This is I've, I've liked the conversation. I mean, we'll play the song in a minute, but this has been great. I, I really appreciate you coming today and, and doing this. Thank it's you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Bruce. Well, I will close by formally thanking my guest today. We heard from singer-songwriter Daniel B. Marshall. Visit his official website at www.danielbmarshall.com. And remember that he is on social media, too, despite his... Uh, not really relying on it, but but do him a favor anyways. Like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter, watch his videos, subscribe to his channel on YouTube. Uh, remember, you can easily access all of those through the social media icons on his website homepage. For that matter, tell him that you heard this interview and, and heard his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. And as I mentioned, be sure to keep up with where and when he's playing so you can go see him live. Maybe he'll play uh, a James Taylor song and or all of the things. Uh, And of course, do purchase his music. It's available on his website as well as through cdbaby.com. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. It's at just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends, family, neighbors, coworkers about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. I say it all the time, but it, it actually does help the show when you do that. If you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. I love the uh, stats that I get from SoundCloud and seeing all of you that are listening in all kinds of countries around the world. Thank you so much. As I mentioned before, let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. We'll send you out today with another song by Daniel Marshall. This is the one he just talked about. It's called All of the Things.
was so nice just to pass days away Now I spend hours just trying to please you With 51 things you just throw in my face And we'll rock and we'll roll Things in the world 